This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give him life. The blackest wrestling podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they kick it trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in. That's on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rude. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation The power of this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Welcome to... The May 26th edition of One Nation Radio, and I am energized. James, what's going on, man? <laughs> Not much, man. Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> y'all already know what it is. Uh, double or nothing was last night, and um, they got loose. They um, did the damn thing. They uh, balled till they fell, you know, and whatever kind of, you know, uh, phrase you want to, you know, throw on that, but... Um, yeah, man. What's up? What's up with you, James? Not too much. Uh, just actually rewatched um, rewatched the show. Just uh, uh, probably you know over the last you know few hours or whatever else. So um, my thoughts are more um, informed now that I wasn't you know halfway talking to y'all, halfway you know not paying attention or whatever else because it was you know it's a watch party, so that sort of thing. So um, I feel like my my I have fresh eyes on it or whatever else. Yeah, man. Um, so make sure you guys are supporting the Social Suplex Podcast Network by rating and reviewing all the shows on the network and whatever uh, you know device you use or uh, application you use to consume the shows, whether it's iTunes or Podbean or whatever. Uh, give us a visit over at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Social Suplex. Pick up some Social Suplex merch. Uh, and always check out our sponsor for this show, PowerSlam.TV. Over 5,000 hours of Pro wrestling content from around the globe. Use the code social suplex. Um, so to get started, I pretty much just wanted to go over our overall thoughts. And then we had um, a lot of listeners send in questions uh, from Twitter and the Facebook group. So we're going to get to all those. But first, um, I thought that this was one of the great shows of all time. Um Brandy Rose wasn't lying. Uh, I hope y'all spent y'all fifty dollars uh, and, and felt like you you got your money's worth because I think the the mass opinion is that <laughs> this show was great and uh, I saw a lot of people trying to rain on the parade, but um, you know it's okay to be wrong, y'all. And um, I think that it was just it felt so much like pro wrestling like and it felt like yo this stuff matters this stuff's important this stuff is making us feel crazy we're being blown away we're being impressed and i think that it came right on time it's just so needed and after so long it was like <laughs> 
this is a real lifeline for a lot of people watching um, wrestling right now. And uh, what WWE has done over the you know last couple years to really like set the the, the stage for this, AEW's like stepping in and just like. Yo, y'all just gonna play all this bad defense? Like, all right, we'll take the layup. They're taking the layup with a lot of this shit, James. Yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong, there's always been a need for an alternative to WWE ever since WCW went away. I mean, a major league one. I mean, there's always been Ring of Honor, and there was TNA when they had their chance for they fucked it all up. And Impact, they never recovered. Phoenix <laughs> fell off, and he never recovered. Yes. But, um, yeah, this is this is. I don't know if this is necessarily an alternative. I mean, we'll take that back. It absolutely is an alternative WWE, but the alternative isn't that the what's going on is so much different than WWE. WWE, it's more that they're not trying to swerve you. They're not trying to. They're not getting in their own way. They're not being too cute by half. They're just, you know. They're basically just, they're keeping it fucking simple and they're not getting in their own heads and they're getting out of their own way. And, you know, that's, that's really all you can ask for out of, out of product. Like this show wasn't much different from, you know, it, it reminded me almost like of, imagine if this was NXT takeover. Uh, let me phrase that. Imagine this was a WWE like rust like SummerSlam type of show, except it had all of the sensibilities of NXT, and and they went from there. Um, they got emotion across. They didn't do anything crazy or out of the way. Um, you know, a takeover probably would not have the belt presentation turn into a, a showcase for um, MJF to get the, the you know go all time with a promo and then get his ass whooped. But aside from that, it's pretty much just. You know, video package match, video package match, video package match. The story is something that you can tell over the span of like fifty words or whatever else to get across what's going on, or or maybe a cup, maybe two three sentences, and there you go. And they have video packages, and they have matches, and their matches tied into whatever the you know the three sentence story was. Yeah, um, all the people that was hoping for the downfall. I was talking down the whole time, hating for months and months and months, bending over backwards the wrong way. So they come out on the other side. How about it now? Like it, it just felt so amazing for for this show to go so well. And it was like, yo, this is what like the the, the watch party we had. There were like nine people there. There were a lot of people there that I previously hadn't known, uh, or a couple at least. And it was just like wrestling this is this is what wrestling is supposed to feel like it felt like and i i think that you know <laughs> the, the as you said they're they're keeping it simple and it's like it isn't that fucking hard like to to really to make it difficult so um yeah man so so all y'all they're hating and um <laughs> and just, just just keep getting mad cuz it ain't good for you yeah and i think the main thing is that if you keep the story simple you don't get in your own way and think that things aren't working. You need to change it up. And also, they they just have to WWE like it's 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 one thing to where um, 
it's one thing for the benefit of your matches to rain stuff in for the sake of um, we don't want to bury the main event or the big matches we have later for later in the show. But after watching this show and watching these NXT shows, I don't I don't see what the point of having you know um, the rules in place that WWE matches typically have with the produ- the, the way they produce, where it's like. We need to rein in so much of everything between the, the match, between all the spots, all the in between, as opposed to getting out the fucking way and letting people, the the, the people that are you know, like you know the innovators, the the artists, if you will, the wrestlers, tell their story with what you want the finish to be. And you see that when you watch, um, for example. New Japan, or you watch um, this show, or you watch um, I'm trying to think, you know you look at these Johnny matches, or any of these crazy matches, like, a lot of this stuff is a lot of it is heavily the input of the crazy people like Ricochet and Gargano and Cole and and Velveteen and whoever else like, you could feel like parts of them are really into and really thought up like and thoughtful for their matches, and then the finishes, whatever the fin- the finish that Triple H decides, and then you watch some of these shows, and like you know, for for someone like Seth Rollins and AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns and all the the list of all these super talented people, for them to have their to be you seen them have these crazy not crazy matches, but you seen them have these great matches, you know they're great wrestlers, and then you see like. These match layouts, where it's clearly like they told them to tone it down. They told them that they need to, you know, for some fucking reason, we need to have Roman Reigns have these shitty matches where he has to work for one of all the fucking time instead of going out there and have bangers like he used to have over the last, you know, however long. Um, this is this is like a thing where in the future there's going to be a rub where it's like, look, man, like you're getting in the way of entertain the fans by you guys trying to you know trying to raise the floor but by doing that also like really lowering the ceiling of these of these matches which is what the culmination of all these storylines are supposed to be and supposed to be like these you know um epic chapters or whatever else you want to call them or these um these turning points and they turn out to be like these things that end up you know frustrating you at times or whatever else because whatever and this was an example of like with everything else there is the rest of wrestling and then there is what the main roster of WWE does and there's no need for them to try to do this <laughs> <laughs> like it's so like there is so sterile and soulless you know yes like they have you know and no shade against you know the the people that do these jobs but it's so it, it, it's not a good idea to have a dude to have all these producers and all these uh, other people like tell the story that these 20, 30 year olds have to tell by having, you know, people in their 50s, 60s and 70s tell them how to work a match from beginning to end in an era that is getting more and more, quote unquote, crazy or innovative every single day. AEW is here. It exists. It's not going anywhere. 
and <laughs> it is real competition. I don't want to hear none of this shit about, oh, we want to be an alternative. Oh, they're just an alternative. No, they are competing for the space of the consumer's attention. They're competing for the Twitter timeline. They're competing for everything. And what we saw last night and leading up to it with StarCast and everything was a lot of people on edge, a lot of people nervous, and <laughs> a home run being hit by, by these dudes that just they i i feel vindicated for believing in them this whole time following them from from everything that led up to all in to to right now it's like yo this is it this is the hottest shit going today right now and it's like i i want more <laughs> i want more <laughs> and and i can't wait for the television to start um, they're, they're going to be, you know, having more there's like, I, I look up and down a the roster. There's no sorry motherfuckers like hanging there that I just feel like are worthless. Um, there's no hijacking of the shows because the fans are just outraged with years and years and years of bad booking decisions and putting the wrong people on top and everything like that. It just felt like a fire atmosphere that I, I, oh, I wish I was there last night and yeah, man. Just, just overall, I, I think it's one of the great shows uh, of all time, and I feel like they will have no problem uh, if they're able to just, you know, keep keep turning the uh, the the spokes on on the, uh, you know, swap the booking around a little bit. You know, this per swap, he fights him, he fights him this month. You keep the same ideas in place, and this shit can't do nothing but even just get hotter, like. Like, we already see the Google Trends are looking great for the show, um, which could be a good sign for the buys on it. And, you know, I'm sure that information will come out uh, sometime next week. But, um, yeah, I I thought there were this was pro wrestling at its finest. Yeah, it don't get much better. Um, I think the I think the one thing that I because, you know, they actually do press availability after the match. Almost like I, I like how much of this thing is based around um like what you see at ufc's ufc shows where you know it's scripted they go out there and they have their fake fighting match but they go back out there and and the winners and losers or whatever else they they do availability to the press they do a press conference or whatever you want to call it and you know they kind of let you inside and that, that that alone gives them so much more goodwill than the main roster does and you know, we we always talk about this all the time with Triple H when he does that that you know that Wednesday right before the takeover, um, when he does that media availability, like, you know, like you, the media is there for you to use to try to reach out to the fans to get them interested. In it's not WWE, the enemy. It's it's not like <laughs> you know right. the, the the people that are trying to just ruin you. Right, right, and um. Yeah, my, my, my real point about that is like the presentation. We all know it's fake. Everyone knows that. But the presentation in the idea of pro wrestling is that we know it's fake. But you're supposed to give us the air of, or you're supposed to be able to make us suspend disbelief to believe the stuff is real. Like, so I thought they did a really good job of that. Um, now, as far as the psychology of some of the matches and the spot monkeyness of whatever else. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, like that Jack Evans and Angelica match versus uh, the best friends. Like Jack Evans is like he is. The, I mean, 
I'm trying to think of who are some of the great pop monkeys of our era. That's huh? what I want. That's what I want. No, I, I'm uh, what I, I, I yeah okay. That's what you want, but I mean, uh, I think the more you watch wrestling, the easier it is for you to s- suspend disbelief as opposed to the people that um, are the eyes they're trying to attract. Um, and I'm going wrong. Like it's just Jack Evans. It's, it's a dude that's in a mid card tag team. But um, and I don't mean let me wrong. Like, dude's super talented. Like, he was incredible. Um, he's one of the revelations of the night. But um, and I don't. And, but clearly, like the the final, you know, the final or most of the matches. I can't even say it. Most of the matches were built on big bouts and and the, and the like. I just think that um, us the the week if the weakest thing about your presentation as far as uh, the believability of it is. The guys that are doing flips, then I think you're okay. That's that's almost where I'm trying to get off at. I think they'll be fine. Yeah, um, I, but one thing I do like, but one, oh, sorry, I remember because I was rambling. Sorry, but the one thing I do like is doing that post. Uh, I think it was the Cody Rhodes uh, post match press conference, post show press conference. He mentioned that they're going to do pay per views, but they're probably only going to do like. Every few months, that sort of thing, as opposed to doing it every month, which means they're going to be building towards these big shows, almost similar to takeovers. And the TV is going to be one, it has the advantage of only being two hours, and two is it's going to have it's going to be special because people are going to have to jockey the positions to get towards where they're going on these every you know three, two, three, four months or whatever. So like the less is more approaches to where you're going, and I'm so happy to hear that. As opposed to the like, oh yeah, this was assessed. Now let's do twelve more of these over the rest of the year. It's like, nah, I don't think you can really be doing that. I don't think you can build up that kind of emotional weight that some of these matches had um, by doing that. And I think them realizing like more isn't in fact more is, is a good thing. And I'm 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 a lot more optimistic for. Um, its outlook after this show than I was before going into it because, look, man, I watch five hours of main roster WWE television. I watch an hour of NXT every single week. I love the NXT show. I watch WWE. If you ask me what I think they're, what they ultimately want it to be, they want it to be more like the main roster as far as the, the production value, the the recognition, the fame, that sort of thing, then niche-ass NXT or whatever else. But see, looking at, but you look at their sensibilities and it's more like the NXT thing, so I, I'm a lot, now that I see that, and I, I and I already had the England because of All In, but now that I see that and I see the, uh, the, Tony, what Tony Khan's professional wrestling looks like, I'm a lot more optimistic. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I've been trying to tell you, like, you know, get down no, and lay down. Get down and lay down with, with this shit. Like, that, look, you know, that's uh, that's what we're doing over here. I'm I'm, I'm not making a choice. It's, my thing is just, like, this is probably going to be good. It just gave me a reason to, like, be able to not just have my guard on and be like, look, I want to get away from the hype. I don't need to buy into the hype. If you want to buy into the hype, that's fine. Same thing with anybody else's, anybody else's professional wrestling. You want to buy into that hype, cool. Um, but 
most of the wrestling I've watched recently has left a lot to be desired. So forgive me if I'm not as enthused as the rest of the world, and I'm not as uh, I'm not as willing to just jump all into it, into it or whatever else. So well, this I'm is going step off, in the right direction. I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic the... as opposed to still being guarded. But like you know, there's so much wrestling around the world that like I'm glad there's like there's also more good wrestling to watch. Well, I'm going off the track record. You look who's involved. You got Chris Jericho. You got Kenny Omega. You got the Bucks. You got Cody having these these um, damn NWA, uh, <laughs> you know, fucking Starcade matches in the middle of the show and shit like that. Like that seems to be a winning formula. So um, yeah, man, let's jump into some of these questions here. Uh, so first question is gonna come. I'm gonna go through Twitter and move it over to Facebook. So Dylan James, he says, did Dustin blade off a spear from Brandy or did he miss something? Real question though, is Moxley slash Ambrose in the running for finesser of the year? Okay. So first things first, I rewatched the match. What happens is he, uh, he hits that buckle that exposed buckle. And then he goes outside and they're replaying him hitting the exposed buckle as Brandy pulls out, some sort of stick or maybe was a or maybe was a sledgehammer i don't know but she hits uh dustin and then after that uh dustin um dustin blades basically underneath the ring apron as brandy is getting thrown out by hebner yeah yeah that's a distract pull the eyes away so he gigs himself or cuts half his fucking face off so that's that's what happened yeah, and as far as um him being in the running for finesse of the year, I mean, I gotta, th- I'd be happy to put him on the list. Um, apparently this this nigga has fake retirement, <laughs> or you know he he had these these people rused. Uh, I don't know what happened. This makes this shit even just funnier now that he he didn't just show up in AEW. This motherfucker walked directly to AEW like I'm here, and everyone lost their minds, went crazy, and he didn't even seem like he was the. D- Ambrose that we've been watching for the last five to six years in WWE half of them spent feeling soulless um and the the deal with him uh a lot of people need to go apologize to Wade Keller right now um because every single thing that he put in the story ended up being right this was not burnout this was not you know, him gonna take some time off and be back in six months nothing this was him saying yo Y'all blew it with me. There's nothing you can do. I've saved my money. My contract is up. I don't care about the five-year extension you offer me. I don't care about the absurd dollar amount. I'm out of (laughs) here. And that's what he did. So, uh, shouts out to Ricky. Ricky actually called me today, James. So, uh, you know, Ricky called me to to express his, um, you know, his his dissatisfaction with it being a work. He wanted it to be, uh, you know, he wanted to go the other way very badly. But I appreciate Ricky for reaching out. uh, So, I didn't have to reach out uh, to him myself. Um, (laughs) So... But um yeah man uh, next question uh it comes from Ryan Evans so he actually sent like 3 of them He asks who do we think will be the first AEW champion win the title Jericho or Hangman he thinks Jericho Yeah um I'll put it real short if Hangman wins this title then we're going to have to have some real questions about w- or AEW and their booking as far as that because that would be a gigantic mistake. Yeah, um, I would think it would be Jericho. Um, 
Hangman's not some bum or anything, but he's um, he's two years from now. He's not right now, especially like with that cast of characters that you have in there right now. Is I think it's smart to mix him in with those folks and do programs with them. Um, and but you know, you guys have heard on the show, we think he's the long play, and Chris Jericho will give you match quality. Give you star power. He'll give you promos, and he will give you just a big match feel. Like whenever Jericho's around, shit's just better. It's literally been the case in wrestling for twenty years. So it's just <laughs> like you know, and, and you know, I think a lot of people will be like, "Oh, you, you, you know, put this idol on a on a forty eight year old, you know, this is this is inconsistent, you know, bro." Let's all right, cut all that shit off. If you ever hear somebody come out there with that bullshit, ask them have they watched Chris Jericho's matches lately. Ask them if they watched him wrestle Naito. Ask them if, if they saw the Evil match. Ask them if they saw the other Naito match. Ask them if they saw both Omega matches. This guy is not a nostalgia act. This guy is a dude that completely reinvents himself, as you can see by his entrance that he made last night, and has been... A dude that refused to be boxed in by the the depths of time. Like, <laughs> all right, we're back. Had some technical difficulties. James, you were gonna say about Jericho? Oh yeah, I was saying like the entrance is so funny because they showed all those different versions of Jericho, and like that's not even all the versions of Jericho. They left out the King of the World Jericho. They left out Y two J. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it was funny. So yeah, it was just um. Oh, they also left out like the uh, best in the world. Everything I do, like these, you know, you know, the late two, late two thousands or whatever, like that oh eight two thousand ten Jericho. They left that out too. But anyway, yeah, they um, <sighs> I forgot what we were getting at from there. What was the next point as far as the uh, we were talking about the title? Yeah, right? yeah, the title picture and basically, you know, yeah. I'm outlining that Jericho is not a nostalgia act. He's yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so the thing with the thing with that is like. One, he's not a, he's not necessarily a style jack in the way that these other guys are and aren't really allowed to evolve because mostly they're here to be nostalgia acts for the Saudi shows now at this point. Um and I'll still WrestleMania. Now as far as Jericho, Jericho's not that, and then there's also the thing where like you can have one or two of them. You can't have six. Or you can have six, but then that becomes a real complaint because they're all taking space away from the guys that are actually be actually be positioned as stars. Because you, if you bring in six former stars, the former stars have all that emotional heft of being around that the newer people don't. So thereby, we end up in a situation where you look at the WrestleMania card and they're like sit, the only one person mm-hmm. like his debut from NXT in the last two years that had a singles match. Right, one, like that is because you have, you know, you have twenty years of Shane. You have, you know, uh, twenty or not twenty years, but like fifteen years of of Randy Orton and John Cena and Batista and twenty years of of Triple H and um, I'm sure there's other people I'm I'm just blanking out on or Brock Lesnar. You've had fifteen years of Brock Lesnar too, so you know. That's that's kind of a problem where you then if you have one just in just one, then you can get away. You can it's okay. It's easier to be able to build stars when you have the legends. You have only one legend as opposed to legends. And that's 
that's the issue that they ran into the, ran into it with WCW when they had Flair and Savage and Sting at that point had became legendary and Hogan and bring in Piper, then bring in Warrior, then bring in Terry Funk. It is harder and harder for people to make their own lane, and you saw that when you saw like those guys from the nineties at the Cruiserweights, or whatever else, come to WWE and become. Bigger stars than they were. Ray became a bigger star. Eddie became a bigger star. Benoit became a bigger star. Jericho became a bigger star. And those should have been the guys that should have been next. And when people talk, make this stuff about, you know, WWE is going to be WCW. And I'm, my answer is hell no, because they, they're, like, they're making hundreds of million dollars as opposed to losing 50 and 60 million dollars every year. But. I kind of see, I kind of see what you mean, but like, nah, chill. They're not going out of business. They're making all that money. It's like, bro, it's like, how old is Johnny Gargano right now? Mm, he's got to be like probably his early thirties. I think he's like thirty-one, right? How old is Matt Riddle right now? Same. He's like thirty-two or thirty-three, right? Right. And these yep. people are are working on this non-money-making entity in NXT, right? Mm-hmm. And they're not getting like it's like they're <laughs> it's like they should be that should be the main roster of WWE and it's it's there's this age thing that's going to happen in the freshness by the time they get there and you, you guys have heard all the conversation like you guys know yeah, exactly yeah. what I'm getting at and it's like yeah. these dudes like when I see a guy like Jungle Boy for example right and he's 20 years old 21 years old 22 years mm-hmm. old you're never going to have that in WWE and it's just like the closest, the closest thing you get is like Velveteen Dream, who's going to be what, like probably twenty five by the time he gets to the main roster. Right, right. If, he, if 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 he, yeah. you know, you know, if he ever goes up, they might leave him there, and then by the time it's time for his contract to roll over, who knows? He'd be like, you know what? <laughs> um. So uh, Ryan Evans says, "What did you guys think was the best match of the show?" Um. I mean, you have, I'm, I'm going to say Cody and Dustin, believe it or not. I probably would go with the tag match, uh, with the Bucks and the Lucha Brothers. It was just blow away. It's more in my realm of wrestling. Uh, just, you, have, have, you, have you seen it again? No. Okay. I was. I mean, on first first reaction, I was. I, I it could be any of those last three matches, more or less, but... I don't know. Like you, you tell me what you think after the second time you see it. Gotcha. Um, yeah, you know me. I'm looking for. I'm looking at. I saw. You know, the athleticism was crazy. The spots were intense, and it was just <laughs> the Bucks. Like, 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 what else? Like, uh, he. I think he has a joke question as well, Ryan. He says, uh, "What title looks better, the AEW World Title or the new WWE 24/7 belt?" Yeah. Um. I think the uh, I think the AEW belt was cool, um, but like I'm not in love with it. Yeah, I um, think it's like a good seven out of ten, like seven point yeah. five out of ten. Yeah, like it looks it looks good. It looks good. Um, I'm not that big on like the gaudiness of it. Like I feel like it's I feel like it's like four inches too wide, but um, or too tall, or whatever you want to call it, but. You know, whatever. Like, like, what if Jungle Boy got to wear that shit one day? Oh, my God. (laughs) Recover recover that man's whole entire midsection. Yeah. uh, So, our boy Brooklyn Nike has a question. What up, uh, boy? Um, He said, disclaimer, haven't watched the full show yet. Would you have preferred some other match or setup to determine the first AEW champion? And what should AEW's secondary title be? 
Um, I would say that I'm not necessarily sure that they need a secondary belt right now. I think that um, you got to remember this show had two tag matches on it. It also had um, two different women's matches. I think that um, you don't need a secondary belt. I think it needs to be one belt. I think that you need to, um, if you're actually going to put a focus on tag team wrestling and women's wrestling, um, you move the secondary thing out the way and you you try to put all those on equal footing to an extent. Yeah. Um, um, make your secondary titles be your ancillary titles for the ancillary divisions. Yeah, like I, I think the Bucks, like in, you know, the Lucha Brothers and Best Friends and you know, the team they debuted, Super Smash Brothers, uh, like the tag team division is deep as hell. That can be your secondary division. And then, you know, if you don't have those belts on the secondary guys, it'll actually give you, like, more ways to act. Like, you'll actually have to do storylines with them. And that's one thing that I, you know, have full confidence in all these guys because they pay off everything they set up on stuff like BTE and um, the Road to Double or Nothing, like, it was rewarding watching all those videos every week. Uh, you know, whether it was BTE at 12 noon on Mondays or Road to Double or Nothing on, I believe it was Tuesdays, if I'm not mistaken. And it was just like, you see it, like they're peeling the onion back a little bit more and more and more each week. And by the time you get to the show, if, you, if you've paid attention, they've rewarded you for all these things. So, no, but I, I think that they, I think the best thing about the show was that if you're someone like me who, knows these guys from watching a bunch of wrestling in the past and you did not watch the show you were not left behind like you were not you didn't necessarily need a video package to get over the story per, per se like the, the the Jericho thing when he says I'm going to beat Omega and I'm going to make him tell me thank you like you don't need it you don't necessarily need that in a video package but it was in there and that's cool but you didn't need that um, you know, I'm going to put Cody, I'm going to put Dustin out to pasture. You didn't really need that. That was, I mean, that definitely helped as far as, um, making people not roll their eyes and saying like, this is a, this is a, um, a demo WrestleMania match. I got left on the, on the cutting room floor, but, um, you know, it's, it was obviously old guy, his brothers, one's old, one's, one's younger, still in its prime. Like, that was going to be the story is like, in theory, if you know what you're doing, like the young, the younger dude that's in his prime is going to take out the old vet. Um, so yeah, like, I thought that, I think the main thing is, is the simplicity. Like, you don't, it doesn't matter how much of it you watched or you didn't watch, um, because it was just there. And as far as like, um, I, I would have, I, I could have went for a tournament myself uh, rather than just, you know, the, um, you know, how they set it up. But mm-hmm. I'm sure they'll figure it out and make it all make sense. Yeah, so, I, I mean. Then, um, I, I, well, this is my question, right? Yeah. Before the pocket page match got pulled. Was the battle royal winners going to be the going to be in the title match? They didn't announce that until that got pulled. Okay, so chances are, like the two winners of those two matches of the Pac match and the Kenny match were probably going to be the number. You know, those were basically semifinals, or probably were going to be semifinals, and they had to pull it. Yeah. 
and they probably flipped the winners. Like, cause like, all right, the whole time, like leading up to the show, I thought Jericho was going to win. And then mm-hmm. when that happened, I like flipped this week. And then like the day of, I was like, oh, okay, uh, I don't know. It was like 50, 50. So it was weird. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not sure on the secondary belt, uh, Ike, but the uh, you know I, I'm fine with what they did. I could have went for a tournament though. See, the thing for me is I'm not I'm not too jazzed for secondary title because the perfect person for the secondary title would have been Adam Page, but now he's going to be fighting for the the top title. It's like all right, now what? Well, there is MJF. So, <laughs> um, I, I mean, my thing would have been like you have MJF versus Page for the top title. I wouldn't. I'm not saying the top title. I'm sorry, the secondary. Yeah, title, yeah. In theory, yeah. So, sorry about that. another question from Ryan Evans: Do you guys think Double or Nothing was the best pay per view of the year so far? I think it's the second best. Yeah, I don't think I put it over Wrestle Kingdom, or. Um, oh, okay. Well, if you want to put it over Wrestle Kingdom, then I would, then I would say it's the third best then. Yeah, I think I think we're all talking about um, uh, like the NXT takeover, but even then, like those are two and a half hour shows. These are like full length four hour shows. So on that end, like I think it's second behind Wrestle Kingdom. If you throw NXT in, then I'll, th- I'll say it's third. Well, I mean, the thing about the about the Wrestle Kingdom or the I'm sorry, the the takeover thing is like the top three matches, like like the top. I'm sorry, the top four matches on NXT are better than the top four matches on what's it called? So it's like, for me, you know, depending on how you feel about the matches or whatever else, like in the work or the emotion involved in the storyline, like, you know, those matches at, at um, Double Nothing all topped out at around like four and a half, whereas you get to like the two best matches on, on TakeOver, you're like, you know, Four and, or four and three quarters, or, or to some people, how they feel about the Johnny match, you know, it fluctuates between four and three quarters, and you know what Meltzer lost his mind on. So, <laughs> so that's kind of you know, like the peak is higher on the NXT show. Like I understand it's more compact, but it's also like, ain't nobody tell y'all to go out there and go four hours, <laughs> you know. And also, like the last three matches. You could between the last three matches, you could have you could have uh, cut out fifteen minutes of time for the made the matches better. It felt like they all went longer than they should have by various degrees of around five minutes or so to cover up for the fact that there was no Pac match almost. So our next question uh, comes from Dan Coffin. What's up, Dan? Uh, he says, "Can AEW keep up the pace set by Double or Nothing?" I I really believe more in that it has to be in the case now that I know they're not doing a pay-per-view every month and they're probably going to go, you know, every, you know, three months between. Yeah, so they're going to have, like, Fighter Fest next month. They're going to have Fight for the Fallen in July, and then All Out is basically, uh, it's the last day of August. So right now they are kind of set up for, like, a show a month right now, but they don't have TV. So they the stuff can move kind of at a slower pace right now. Do you think all those are going to be hit reviews? I I mean, they're they're not going to do a show and not have some a way for people to watch it. Okay, and that like that's just what I think. I I know all out is a pay per view for sure. They push that. Yeah, that's definitely. But but Fighter Fest and um Fight for the Fallen 
I'm sure those will be available for, for people to, to watch. Um, and I, I feel like they can. Like, as I mentioned earlier, they just have to literally move the Rubik's Cube around from the settings they had it on from last night. Like, what if they wanted to break up the Lucha Brothers for a night and have Pentagon wrestle somebody? Like, so it's, you know, they, they just have unlimited options at this point because the roster does not have years of stagnation. They don't have, there is a sense of roster uh, placement already. Like, you know who the top stars are, you know who the middle guys are, and you know who, like, the tag teams are, you know, like, the the players in the women's division already. Like, you just got to move the Rubik's Cube around a little bit, and I think they'll be in good shape. Um... Another question about Ambrose Finessen comes from our boy Joe Saba from Australia. What's up, man? Uh, he said, looking forward to this. Did Ambrose finesse the WWE? Okay, so what is supposed to be the consensus story for all of us uh, to kind of know what the situation was with Ambrose as far as leaving WWE? Because I've heard people, I, people have said that like he's... People have made it sound like either A, um, this was a ruse all along, or whatever else. Other people have made it seem be like, uh, you know, he wanted out, just wanted to be out, and then they came calling after naturally, and I'm supposed to like, like a, like a mark, like a dumbass, and believe that like there ain't no tampering going on. Yeah. Um, that man was so out of there what, from like what, what December. Do you, what do you believe, Rich? What do you think is the timeline of the events? I what, believe in, in your best in your uh, your best uh, educated guess of that what you believe is probably what happened. So I went along on on case I see. It's actually I think I read a thing today, and they do this thing called rumor roundup, and they grab rumors right. from like the last six months that have come out. So there was a story in December that says like at least two wrestlers in WWE were approached fairly big time about, you know, jumping essentially to AEW before AEW was announced in a thing. It was like when we had those, those reports. So in the way, so the way the description so, was. So, so in this scenario, you're assuming that the, the two would probably be Ambrose and AJ, right? Maybe. I know one remember of them was AJ, Ambrose. Remember AJ was, AJ's contract was coming up until he resigned, but it was, con- it was coming up like he would have been able to be on the show. Right. Um, they, I, I, I believe one of them at least was Ambrose. Okay. Right. And just by the description of it. And then the, the way Keller story drops. Right. And I hear Mm -hmm. Joe Lanza the same night or whatever, talking about, you know, everything. He pretty much shot down everything people were going to say over the next couple of months about, you know, the, you know, talking about pretty much everything that that we found out with him being ready to fucking go essentially like it doesn't matter about the money or whatever mm-hmm. and i read ray keller's story i was like oh this looks like a dude that's creatively frustrated this is not burnout mm-hmm. this is nothing like this is what it is and then <laughs> what i can't figure out is the wwe part of this thing like why mm-hmm. were they so nice why did they you know pretty much just give him this this fucking magical send off of everything Maybe Ambrose knew how to, how to how to work the game through this. Like he's like because they were throwing stuff on. Like I don't know because the story broke before he was the first guy to break before the revival, mm-hmm. before all the people that started getting time added on. So I don't know if WWE was in the mindset to try to add to Ambrose's contract because. 
He didn't Maybe ask for would. a release. Like it was like a thing. Like they came to him with a new contract. He turned it down. Five years, whatever. Um, I don't know, man. It, it, the, the WWE thing is weird. It was like Maybe they, they, they couldn't have. To, Maybe he was too big to to like fuck with and add nine months to his contract. That's that's maybe I'm like there's, there's no way they value it would have been a fucking disaster right I'm like there's no way they they can spend this to me as they value the Shield house show tour that much I'm just not buying that shit like well, it's just... <laughs> I, well one I would say um, I would think one he would have been too big too bury too big to bury and it would have ruffled a lot of feathers for their top two of their top four guys in the entire company right. Would have pissed yeah. off. It would have pissed off uh, Roman. It would have pissed off Am. Or I'm sorry, Rollins. If that were to happen, right? Um, so you don't want to do that. Um, and then, you know, there, there is no way, and I mean no way, that there will not be a time later on, five, ten, fifteen, twenty years from now. Where he doesn't eventually come back, and he's in and he's in the WWE Hall of Fame, and he's a WWE legend on a legends contract, right? You know, I don't know. So, <laughs> so for me, it's like okay, he left, but like he's always gonna be like he's too big of a fi- like you can't tell the history of WWE in the last decade without mentioning Dean Ambrose, like you know what I'm saying? So it's like. I don't think they can erase him in a way they could erase someone else. You know, I guess it's kind of where I'm getting at or, or shit or, or fuck around with because they know there's future money in Ambrose, regardless of whatever else of whether or not this is some shit that can, that will pass. And also the relationships between um, the other two shield dudes that you, you want to, you want to really fuck up like your relationship with two of your four biggest stars in the entire company. If you like shit on their homeboy. Yeah. Um, I think I think Ambrose probably like he, and I mean wrong they buried him on the way out so yeah. it's like it's not like they didn't fuck with him but like I mean like they didn't add nine months because that would have been a really 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 bad look yeah and I think <laughs> I think there's there was an element uh, a Brian Pillman esque element to this thing <laughs> e- even even though it's a little different obviously because he didn't get WWE to release him from a contract as a work or anything. <laughs> But you know, if if he just acted a certain way, like yeah, man, I think I'm 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 going to hang it up. It, it was like kind of lured them into this false sense of security. Like, oh, good old Dean, we'll, we'll just you know we'll see him on his way out, and you know maybe one day. Like, I I, I fully believe that that could have happened. And I, I'm I'm okay. Here's where I'm, here's where I'm willing to believe. I'm willing to believe either a it was. He, it was a head slapping pattern move. He set him <laughs> like he was going to retire, and, and the whole time he was playing them and left. And I'm also willing to believe that he was burnt out and frustrated with his position and how, and his character and what he was doing on TV. And he was really going to hang this shit up. And then all of a sudden, uh, that con money started calling and talking to him, and he was like, "Maybe I'm not so burnt out." So, so I heard the story was like, I don't know if it was, I, I think Tony Khan was saying, you know, we got in contact or Ambrose got in contact with us. Like the second he was like contractually like free to essentially. Okay. So, th- I mean, and there's also like, and there also could be like, Hey man, um, I need to get out of here. 
I don't know where I'm going to go, but I just need to get the fuck out of here. And then all of a sudden this AEW shit happens at the perfect time for him. And it just happened where he's like, all right, let me go ahead and reach out. I can, like, I got Chris Jericho's number. Let me holler at Jericho. Jericho, let me go holler. It is almost like some shit where it's like, remember how, <laughs> remember how, like, uh, was it Hall and Nash were basically like uh, the the in between middle guys are like between between Bischoff and Brett. Yes. Like yeah, then it's just kind of like all right. Well, Jericho, I hear Millman and I hear. Yeah. Um, I hope that man got a got a piece of coin for a finder's fee. Hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, question from Sam Brown, and this is about Dean Ambrose as well. He said, "You guys were big critics of Ambrose in the WWE. What could turn you around on him in AEW?" Oh my God! We're critics of him, as opposed to saying we're critics of the way he was booked. Like I, 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 I'm, I guess I'll have to like pull up, you know, like any 2014 through 16, uh, like show we've done. Like if you listen to any 2014 through 16 thing, you would be like, oh, like they like that guy, but they've treated him like shit, so now they're just done with him. Like, <laughs> like it's the same things that we like buried. If we like talk shit about Bailey, it's like. Nah, man, like, we all like Bailey, but they've shitted on her, and they're not going to, like, clean her off, you know? So it's like, it is what it is. I think um, Dean Ambrose got booked in just one of the most terribly uncreative, soul-sucking, horrible ways went from SummerSlam uh, to the time he left. Like, the, yeah. the whole Seth yeah. Rollins feud was an absolute disaster that stained yeah. him, that stained Rollins, that stained the fans uh, yeah. watching this shit. And the thing with Dean Ambrose is he's always been over. Yep. He's always been loved. You yep. can have issues with his wrestling as far as, like, you know, people think he is not trying as hard sometimes or people think yep. he's he does, like, he has these soft-style matches, like, kind of yep. like The Miz or whatever. I'll I'll give you that, but that never really bothered me about Ambrose because I I largely enjoyed his wrestling style. Now where they went wrong was that Seth Rollins match, and I'm never backing off of that. That match was a disaster. And I, I mean, I think the stuff with Ambrose, like it's it's all from when they when he got his ass whooped by in that nothing match with Brock Lesnar, like yeah. that was the most pivotal match of his career. And Brock said, "I don't want to do much," and he was fucked. Period. Like he went to that thing when they had. Remember they 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 brought up. He's supposed to be like the next hardcore guy. He's he's doing crazy shit. He's chasing after you know in his career. He's taking these crazy ass bumps. Be taking off the table in ladder matches. Damn near killing himself. He's jumping off of the cage trying to chase after uh, Seth Rollins. He wants to fucking kill that guy. He's a fucking lunatic, right? He's he's had a. He's had a flash stream explode in his face, but <laughs> but whatever. Yeah, like he's the crazy hardcore guy that is lovable or whatever. People want to see chase after the title, and he gets that, that hot at the where people want him to win the Royal Rumble in 2016. He did. He got the title shot. People love that match. It was a great match. Crowd was 100 into him and would have bought him as a champion at that point. Didn't happen. One in the plans. So the alternative is, <laughs> the alternative is, uh, Brock Lesnar says, "I don't want to wrestle no fucking Bray Wyatt." 
Dean Ambrose, bring that ass here. Yes, bring <laughs> right? that ass here, so boy. <laughs> so it's like, all right, facing the hot guy. Let's. We don't think he's going to win, but we think they're going to have a great match to showcase it. Like it's going to be a star making moment for Dean Ambrose, um, or to further the star. The star, and they bring out Foley um, with 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 Barbie. Uh, barbed wire baseball bat, and they bring out Terry Funk, and he brings and he says, "If you know, you you, I think you're the best in America. If I if I had a if I had a a, a son, I want to be just like you. If I had a daughter, and then he paused because he ain't saying nothing after that. And then he <laughs> grabbed the chainsaw and gave him the chainsaw, right? You know, he's chainsaw Charlie, and he's crazy Terry Funk, and that whole match was a fucking you know a, a props gag match, and then after that you have the Jericho." feud when they do the asylum thing and he breaks Mitch to plan and you know then he then he ca- he wins the money in the bank he catches him comes t- champion and I mean blah 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 you, you get it like they they missed their opportunity in, in between WrestleMania 32 and by the time he won the title like he was already cooling off and right. by that point in time it was this is AJ's title to win so um they screwed it up by that point in time, and then he, you know, they got the shield back, and that was a huge thing, and that kind of saved him. And um, Rollins is like standing in amongst the amongst the crowd, like that was a great thing. That was one of the best things they. That was one of the few incredible things they did in 2017. And then he got hurt, unfortunately, and then he came back, and you're thinking like, all right, fresh lady's been gone for a while. Like you get to get some of that some of that off of him of and get this get the pop of we missed you and. They immediately bring back the shield, and he's immediately playing second fiddle again, and he doesn't. Third and not, fiddle, like putting, and they're not really showcasing all three is st- three stars, three individual stars now coming back, and took it as like they just all, more or less all um, reverted back to the ways they were when they were the shield originally before they broke up, um, and like in theory, they're supposed to be bigger stars, and honestly. None of them became bigger stars after the Shield. It, like, how do I say this? What we found out is that it, seemingly because of how they were been booked, instead of we had three stars in this faction that were protected, well, this turned to be more of a thing where like they really were. Um, the sum was greater than the the the, the, the parts. than the parts. Yeah, so like. They came back and they just treated him as such, and it's like, okay, we're just supposed to love the shooting, and it's supposed to like, wow, we have like, you know, the third, or we have the the top guy, the number four guy, and the number six guy in the company all put together, as opposed to like, oh, we have the top guy and two mid car, two two of the biggest mid carters we have. Yeah. So that was a that was a problem, and, and, and um, I, I was never know, going to like, and I was never going to come on here and be like, yo, what Dean Ambrose is doing is great at this point. I'm not going to do that. But as far as like what I want from him in AW, he's already off to a running start. He's yeah. <laughs> he's he comes in with the intensity and a fire, and I think some yeah. of that was missing from Ambrose. But then WWE also didn't commit to him at different times, right. and it yeah, seems like this this promotion is going to commit to him. Obviously, it looked the first thing he does is seemingly set up a program with Kenny Omega, and who yeah. doesn't want to have see like have a rivalry with Kenny Omega where you can have a great match, and then. The way, uh, you know, off rip, Omega put him over. That told me a lot about Kenny. Like, A, he did a clean job for Jericho. B, he lets fucking uh, Moxley throw him off the fucking stage uh, at the end of the show. 
it's like he's already oh he's doing what he's done already in AEW has like washed pretty much everything he's done uh for the last eight months in WWE. Yeah, pretty much. Like there's no gas mask, there's no him getting inoculated and saying <laughs> that the crowd stinks and doing that shit for heat. That shit anyway, um yeah, it's it's the intensity, the fire, the the passion. That's what I, I want from Dean Ambrose. And, and yeah, you'll hear and, me singing his think, praises again. And I think the main thing with Ambrose that the char- the reason why the character never um reached its its um its potential was um, or the axe was because it never got a chance to get over the menace and the danger of Dean Ambrose. Aside from like the time when he was like chasing down Seth um, after the show broke up, there was no sense of this dude's fucking crazy. He will hurt you, and once he hurts you, it's gonna be an issue. Like the closer he got was after like Ellsworth fucked him at, at TLC 2016, mm-hmm. and you're like, and then AJ put over like. To Ellsworth, you think that you actually have a shot to beat me, so you screwed your homeboy to get a title shot against me. Dude, Amber's going to tear you limb from limb, and then all he did was hit him with a finish and call it a day. We thought like he was going to mutilate that dude. And WWE, I mean, I don't know if it's because of the G rating, or they don't really know what to do as far, or, or, or they don't know how to work inside of their rating, their TV rating, whatever else. Mm-hmm. They're not good with menace and violence. And it's funny because it's simulated violence. All they do, their business is simulated violence, but they're not good with like. I mean, perfect example. They just put or uh, they just put Sami Zayn inside of a trash uh, truck and and compacted him, and then the very next fucking day he walks out without scratch, right? Like that is not violence. That is zany whacking this cartoon. Like you may as well give him an acne uh, anvil and drop it on top of his head because he may as well be Coyote or, or Wiley Coyote chasing chasing the uh, Roadrunner, right? Like or Tom and Jerry, some shit like that. Like it's slapstick. It's not actually real. And I mean, you kind of have to go to those places. Um, and you kind of need that sort of that reality check of of trauma to offset and make the comedy stuff also land as well. Like, like those are opposite ends of the spectrum and you need one to make the, uh, to make each film important And all. When all you give us is zany wacky stuff, like it feels less important. Right. So like when they did the for perfect example, another one is um when they used to do the, or just when they did the Usos and Usi hot and backshaving with the revival. Right, the the rest of me watched twenty years ago. Somebody would have done that. DX would have done that to like APA or some shit like that, right? And APA would have kicked the and, shit out of them. APA would have left them in a would left them like bleeding, like or bleeding in their own bed of blood or their own bath of blood, right? So there, you know, and that's to say, like, yeah, it's funny and that was hilarious what you did, but like there are consequences for you embarrassing me. And that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. Ambrose never had the "you fucked me over" or "I'm" or whatever else. And like the menace of, in danger of, you know, of that stuff. And that, but that was his character. And but they never went to that aspect of his character. And that's that's also what hurt Bray Wyatt at times, too. Um, so like, you know, they have to try to work within that that that. That that uh that framework, but like they need to get better ideas out of that framework. Um, in the future. Um, now as far as AEW, 
Usama's blood was on that fucking show, uh, intentional <laughs> or otherwise. Like, so I'm not really concerned about. I'm really not concerned about like the danger aspect for for uh, for Moxley because. Also, they got tiers of fucking hard hardcore dudes in that show. In, on that show, oh yeah, havoc. Like, like yeah. they've got fucking Vanilla. Moxley on top. They got Joey Janela, Jimmy Havoc, just a million motherfuckers that's willing to fucking buy it. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you also have he also have freaking <laughs> and you have Asia Kong who just bust people's face open. <laughs> yeah, man. So, so there's also that too. Like look, you, you like the funniest part is like we've been watching stardom, but like stardom is like the pretty boy shit. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> like like Sin like Sinai girls and and, and Oz Academy, they have no problem with people leaking all over the place and and um and drop people in their heads. Ross trying but, to yeah. keep it clean out here. Yeah. I mean I mean Stardom used to be like that. Like I've seen pictures of like of Kyrie Sane where her like fucking eyes swollen shut. Mm. Um, you know, but like that kind of changed after uh, Yoshiko or uh, Yoshiko uh, shot on uh, old girl uh, Ak- uh, Yakazawa or whatever. Um, so like after that shit happened, like that whole that whole thing changed up. Like they were like, nah, we can't be doing this. Like we got Io Shirai and Mayu Watani in the same stable as as this woman that like. Bust this woman's face wide open and beat her so badly her career was over. So we got to change some shit up. All right. Next question comes from Dave Fenichel. He says, do you think AEW would be wise to pursue WWE camera and production members harder than they should pursue wrestlers who might not be happy with the organization? No. It did a pretty good job. It's just, it's the first show. Um... If they need to go grab anybody in any camera crew, they need to grab New Japan's, not Ring of Honors, yeah. not Impacts, not anybody else's. If you're going to learn how to shoot pro wrestling, you need to go get it done by um, New Japan. And I think the the deal with that is they fucked off a lot. I think during the pre-show, and I think they were doing it was that not nearly like, as bad. Yeah, and then as soon as the main show came out, I was like, oh, it feels a lot more settled in now. Yes. Um, yes. yes. And I mean, as far as their shooting presentation, like they missed a couple things. They missed like a dive or two or whatever else. Um, but luckily they had to replay, um, which that's what WWE does whenever they miss something completely. They replay it as well. Um, but there were a lot less camera cuts. Uh, I remember like during that pre-show, during that battle room, like I was playing like, dude, this is bad. Look, they're cutting this shit left and right. Like Kevin Dunn is doing this. This is really bad. But for his credit, once the main show started, it it was um it's a lot more stable, and especially on the rewatch, it was also like I remember re- I watched it was like this is a lot better than even when I you know kind of had my ire up watching it live. So you you rewatch Battle Royal too? No, no, no okay. I don't, I'm not rewatching a fucking Battle Royal. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know you know I'll give a good damn about a Battle Royal. So <laughs> no. Nah. Yeah, uh, and as far as, like, wrestlers who might not be happy with the organization, shit was funny last night on Twitter because Sasha Banks was tweeting every liking stuff, and Bailey was tweeting the Revival, Big E, just, just name names, and everybody was, was showing love, and it was like, man, I it, and this kind of rolls back to Moxley, and I, I think JD uh, from New York, he gets a lot of uh, shit sometimes because he's, he's a little off, even further off deep end than I am at, at uh, certain times. But. A little bit. Like, he's just the master of hy- hyperbole, and also, like, you know, um, he's not afraid to say something sexist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, like, this, like don't get it. So it's level six like, shit. I, 
Yeah, yeah, he's like, you gotta be like, you know, I've never fully embraced how he shits on stuff, because, like, I also hear some of the other stuff he talks about, and I'm just, I was like, okay, like, this is, this, um, he would be, like, if they, if there was a barstool sports wrestling thing, like, he'd be, like, the perfect person for it. Yeah. And that's not the shit on, like, barstool as far as, um, like some of the content content they come up with, like some of the stuff is good, but there's also that other side that you kind of have to be wary for and be on the lookout. Be like, okay, right? Like you got to keep that at arm's length. Like he he had a point where he was just saying, John Moxley showing up is like WWE's in trouble, and you know I, I think people instantly was like, what do you mean they're in trouble? You know WWE has a billion dollar TV deal, da da da. But he went on to explain it's like, yo. Do you, do you think other WWE wrestlers watching that show? Fuck yeah, they were watching that show. And then when they saw Ambrose walk through that fucking crowd and just like how he felt like a star and, and reinvigorated and just full of life, you don't think none of them want that too? And, <laughs> like, <laughs> how about this? How about this? Let's not even go that far to, to just Dean Ambrose of, you know, a, a grand, a damn Grand Slam champion, right? Right. Let's go to the OWE people. The OWE guys, the Black uh, Black Hearts, right? Strong Hearts. I'm sorry, Strong Hearts. Yeah, Strong Hearts. When it's um, it's T Hawk and um, and El- Shima and what's uh, I can't remember the third guy. Lindemann. Ju- yeah, yeah, Lind- Lindemann. Yeah. Who's basically like I want to see Lindemann. Uh, I want to see Lindemann in a small guys, a small strong guy match against against Tyler Bate. <laughs> like, they, they they built. They just built like. Can we make like, it a triple threat with, with, with Gable players? Sorry, can we make it a triple threat with Gable too? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Why not? But I mean, uh, like the the Gable's more cut up. Like Bait and and Littleman look like they just meant like they look like back like they went to the backland school of short but but strong as an ox. Wow. Right. Um. So yeah. So anyway, uh, like you have you have them, you have Kylie Ray, who I've never seen wrestle before. But I mean, that don't mean nothing. I, there's not, there's a bunch of wrestling I haven't seen, but I haven't ever seen Kylie Ray. I've seen Britt Baker. Never seen Nyla Rose wrestle before. Um. And then you have Rio, who's working. You saw where she works. <laughs> you, saw, you know what I mean? Like she, you know, sometimes she's working in the wrestling ring. Sometimes she's not. Uh, and then you have people from like Pro Wrestling Wave and Hikaru Shida, who you know she probably came over a couple times and worked. But like you know, that's you know, those are like the shimmers and the shine type of deals or uh, or rise even. Um, and and then you just like. It, they're not people aren't just there and watching and sitting in their hands while people are killing themselves to have a great match. It's like, nah, like the level of work you do to get those it equals a level of reaction and as opposed to you go to WWE and like because they haven't given you my time or they put you second from the top or or second on the card or or whatever else, like the crowd doesn't give you that reaction. And like you think of like the two or five live guys who fucking kill themselves, get themselves over, uh, and it it was just like they have to be sitting there, and it has to be demoralized. We're like, I'm busting my ass for the biggest wrestling company in the world, and no one gives a fuck, and no one gives a flying fuck, except for like you know people that watched me, you know, that watched me five years ago and have known me know me for five years, like. To new people, like they're just like, who the fuck are this guy? They don't even give me the time of day, and as opposed to they go to that crowd, and all you have to do is be as good as you are, and if you're good enough, the crowd respects it. 
because they love pro wrestling. They're not. Yes. They have been trained on sports entertainment to where it doesn't matter how good you necessarily work. It's whether or not you get a push, and the level of push you get, and how well you do with the push, um, equals your crowd reaction. So, like that, that's definitely one of those things where it's like that has to really be be shitty, and especially when you're a person like I don't know, um, anybody below, and anybody that's like a prelim person that's good what, or what otherwise. What if you're Andrade? Oh my God. <laughs> Andrade gets reaction because he's because so, he's just one of the best wrestlers in the world. So like, yeah, like he gets it in the work, but like. Let's take it down a notch from like maybe the be- one of the best wrestlers in the world. Like let's say you're, um, let's say you're the Good Brothers. Yeah. Like you're Carl Anderson. You were in these G ones. You were getting reaction. You were ever having banger matches or whatever else. Like you were over in New Japan, and then you come here, and they have you do stupid comedy about Biggie's balls, <laughs> and, then, and then you've been dead for three years ever since then. Yeah. You know. Um, and the old day and the other nonsense, like ever, and then like you're just done, and you just been all, you just been here, and like your friend you came over there with became like one of the top guys in the company because he's one of the best wrestlers. But like you're you're just a really good wrestler, and that's and you're just a good wrestler, and it's all they got for you. Like yeah. that has to be that has to that has to be troublesome for you. Like, and you know. And just for you to go out there, like, Carl said, obviously, you know, it's Carl Anderson because he had the Bullet Club. So, but I'm just saying, like, a lot of people did not know who a lot of those, uh, uh, so a lot of the Joshis were. And they came out there and they got that kind of reaction. And then Miller Manage, like, for you, that has to suck. That has to, that, that has to, that some of that has to get to you to an, to an extent. So, yeah, I definitely get that. Yeah. Um, our next, our final two questions will come from Nicholas Guerrero. What's up? Usually Nicholas Guerrero always, he gets in with, uh, he actually sent me a text before the uh, show, showing me his party that he was having, um, with, uh, you know, watching AEW and all that. But whenever we put these out, he always gets in the last questions somehow. <laughs> he says, do you think AEW will get to the ranks that WCW did against WWE in their heyday? And then his second question was, who do you think will be a non-obvious standout that will become a star in AEW? Hmm. I've got my second one on that, uh, but as far I'll, I'll start with the first one. Um, I think that, you know, they'll get to the ranks that WCW did against WWE. So that would require them to add, you know, for a good, like, year and a half or maybe two years to be the number one wrestling company in the world. That seems like it's a far way off, but I don't feel like it'll be a case of like, like when you say number one, like, do you mean business? Do you mean quality of show? Because if we're just talking about quality of show, they're already competing right there. They're already, you know, in, in the top of the mix there. As yeah, far, yeah, far as the bi- as, as far as the business goes, like that's going to be like a three to five year process, I think, because whenever this TV deal comes up they're going to be negotiating for their next deal. And that's where the the money will eventually roll through. And I'm be interested to see, I'll probably have more to say about this whenever the pay-per-view numbers drop. So we get, you know, you know, they didn't have television going into this. They had their word of mouth and, you know, the hype machine, essentially they put behind it and the Google trend numbers look great. Um, they've kind of outdone money in the bank for the last seven, seven days, if I'm not mistaken. And it's been like, you know, I think, I think there's a shot. 
just like if Vince continues to run this into the ground, um, you know, the, it, that billion dollars isn't going anywhere. Like, they're going to have it, but it's also not going to inflate them from what fans think of their company. It's not going to inflate them from their bad decisions. And it's also not going to inflate them from, as I mentioned earlier, competing for control of the timeline. That's what a lot of this stuff is right now. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like, I'm just. I, I will say this. Um, I don't think they can get to relative to the heights of WCW. Is that's one of the things that like, I have to see it before. I, I have to see it to believe it. That sort of thing. Because, um, like, I mean. I mean, Vince has made more money he's ever did before for fucking wrestling, and while yeah. putting out some of the worst wrestling he's ever put out, right? So, yeah. um, so it don't even matter, right? Like he's like, I just, I just put out three hours. I just, <laughs> we just put out content. I, 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 I just, I just, I'll just show up. <laughs> I'll just show up at the top of eight o'clock hour. I come out and, and and pull my pants down and shake my dick for three hours, and that could be raw. <laughs> for all I care. I'm making like I'm making fifty million dollars, or I'm making a million dollars in a show, right? Um, so, so there's also there's like I don't, I mean, I don't know how bad it can get, but like it could be that bad if it's gonna get, but still make more money uh, despite himself. It wouldn't fucking matter. Uh, but, uh. Yeah, I, I think that I think that um, I think that they're going to, you know, I think we're pulling an audience. How big the audience is could be anyone's guess. Um, but I think that they're going to get word of mouth and and they're going to get a word of mouth that like WWE, you know, they haven't had since like the first fucking WrestleMania or since like The Rock came around or The Rock came back, actually. So since like The Rock came like since that the time we came back, like yeah. with the rock coming around and the pipe bomb, like this, their WWE's or AEW's getting like the most buzz any any American wrestling company has had since then. And, um, and it's almost like something you want to tell your homeboys like, "Wow, well, yo, this is the new hot thing that's going on." And then you know they're gonna be in uh, Chicago for All Out. Mm. Oh wait, so the next question after that is. Um, the next question was about like who do I think is, who's going to be the break breakout star or who do you think has breakout star potential that yes. it's someone that's not like clearly going to get a push. Hmm. Um. I have a guy if you want to think about yours. So, Scorpio Sky. When you talk about somebody that is people know Scorpio Sky though, don't but you think? he's not pushed. He's not looked at as a top star. Or anything okay. right now. He's in his group, SCU. He's 10 to 15 years younger than both of those guys. They're not going to be around forever. Like, Daniel's like, I know he's he's ageless and everything like that, but that's eventually he's going to lay it down. Eventually, Kazarian's going to lay it down. This dude's an athlete. This dude is over. <laughs> and he can wrestle his ass off. I don't know if he can talk, but he's gotten a catchphrase over before. That's always a good sign. So, um, Scorpio Sky will be my pick. Um, yeah, I'm going. I'm. I'm just going to go with Yuka Sakazaki. Like she's going to get a on brand. I, I mean, you saw the match. Like between, I mean, it, her and in uh, Riho, like they people fucking love them. Um, in that match. Um, and we'll see. 
like there's also I would say the I mean I think the two top women in the company are going to be in like um Brit and Hikaru, but at least for now. Um but we'll see. Um if you wanna say break out the star because of their you know, the we don't see it coming, then I'll say Mercedes K V <laughs> <laughs> when she gets out of her, you know, uh, was eighteen months from now or whatever, when she finally gets comes to terms, get the fuck away from WWE yes. or whatever else, or they patch it up, whatever else. I, I'm I'm saying fifty fifty coins or chance that either she they patches up or she's out of here and she's on the first you know plane to AWE or AEW. Um, so yeah, like there's also that, but yeah, for me right now, just someone's actually in the company. I probably say I probably yeah. say uh, Yuka Sakazaki. Since we talking about out of the company. Chicago made punk. <laughs> if they bring that man out at all out and then be like, yeah, we'll see y'all on whatever date the show starts. We are on pace. I'll say that we are on pace and it will uh, be, it will be, be a, so funny. It will it's be, be so a funny break like, the glass. It's going to be more, it's going to be so funny. Cause they will be like, they will be, people will be pissed. I'm yes. Like, all they're doing is grabbing X WWE East stars. It's like, Okay, like, do we want to talk about like when, like Vince rated AWA? No. Oh, you think? Oh, you think Vince actually invented Hulkamania? Huh? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I there there were a lot of like um there was a lot of bullshit on the timeline. I'll just say. I mean, that I I I I just don't like. I get it, but I don't understand. No, no, I'm taking it back. I get it, but like, I don't feel like your feelings are of my concern. That's you know what I'm saying. Like, I get how you have this attachment to this company, and then to see that like these people that were on the company are now doing something else, and it may take away a potentially take. I don't know. It may hurt the company like five years from now by like five percent. <laughs> Um, so thereby, like it is, like thereby, there's like some type of betrayal or whatever else. But like, what did you think about the Cody thing? We we didn't talk about that yet. When, when, he, when he broke down Triple H's, uh, you know, whatever. Like it was, it wasn't symbolic, you know. Oh, okay, so and, and the as, reaction to this because boy, as, as you know, and I'm, I think you had this too. Like you had. Like I, at least for me, I have a love hate respect relationship, a love hate but respect relationship with Triple H. Um, yeah, he was the reason. Like his, I fucking quit watching wrestling over what turned into a reign of terror because I, I insist that it was gonna be bullshit and got away before like he decided to, you know, terrorize the company for real, for real. Uh, and. I have respect for Triple H for his his um, WrestleMania matches with Undertaker at 27 and 28 and um, WrestleMania 30. I thought that bill was incredible. Um, I you know my favorite wrestling promotion in the world right now is NXT. He's the head booker of it. Um, so like yeah, like I, those are the two interesting for Triple H. But. Um, for, for for Cody to be the uh, to call himself the Attitude Era Killer or the Attitude Killer, and there is basically like the Russell like the WrestleMania 22 throne that Triple H was on when he was Conan the Barbarian, and then he basically takes a sledgehammer, the, the symbolic Triple H sledgehammer, and and boshes that fucking yes <laughs> and, and, and explodes that fucking uh, throne. 
I took it as like it is what it is. It's like it's all in the game, free throws and fouls, as Young Jesus once said. Yeah, it's like I mean, like they're 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 basically fighting for underneath in this quote unquote battle um, for for you know the timeline or whatever you call as you mentioned it earlier. And when you're fighting for underneath, you throw barbs. Like that's when you had. I think that's when they had you know. When they were getting their ass kicked, that's when they did the billionaire Ted shit in WWE or WWF when they were, you know, and they did the Hogan and the Savage uh, old guys jokes. That's when they did, you know, the fake Razor, fake Diesel shit. That's when they had uh, Cornette come out and fucking shoot <laughs> and fucking shoot on uh, on Hogan and Piper, yes. putting on the most embarrassing cage match of all time, right after Sean and and and, and Undertaker had maybe the greatest ever. So like, yeah. I, 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 you know, like WWE is not above doing that in this history. And, um, for, for people, to, mean, for people to, so in Russo, when he was in WCW, did nothing but talk about fucking WWF. Um, so, um, for people to pucker all up, these companies have this history of this. Yeah. For, for people to come out here and pucker up their booty holes, as Pimp C <laughs> would say to like, this is some foreign concept or whatever. Is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> um, I would say this though. Um, at least for me, I will feel better if they throw these jabs. Um, like if they're going to throw the jabs they have on screen like that in that way, that needs you to also like. Get, like stop acting like that with that fucking embargo that y'all decided to do to WrestleMania weekend. Like we're not going to do a show because we don't. That's WrestleMania's thing or whatever else. We don't want to step on it. Blah 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 blah. Because one, I don't. I'm you know I'm not really for playing both sides. And then two, um, or playing both sides. Of it. Like having you can't have your cake and eat it too. Or, or you can't. You know like you can't. You can't come out here and say like we want no eat beef with WWE, and meanwhile, like beef with the motherfucker that's gonna be the like the head of the company in like 10, 15 years, right? Uh, or the number two in, in command, and then and then also talk, you know, make jazz about the attendance. That uh, was great. Yeah, I, I like I thought they were funny because it's the same shit like anybody that follows it um, will make jokes about. But um, one, I don't really th- if if the idea is. We also want to attract new fans. Like that will be something that those are two things that will be lost on them. What the fuck does that throne symbolize? What the fuck does this attendance joke? I don't get it. Um, like like when they did all in, they were like, "What the fuck is this pyro joke at the beginning of the show or right before the show started?" Um, but yeah, I um, I, so like for me, it's like pick one either. Either be classy or don't be classy. I don't need this him like dec- deciding when you're gonna be classy. Like I need, I need, I need to be messy or classy. But decisions yours. Pick one. I'm I'm good on either. I'm good on either. But pick one. I don't need. I don't need you out here throwing rocks behind your hands. Say it with your chest and shut the fuck up. I I, That's I, I, I can on agree that. on that. Like and I I'd, I'd like them to say it with their chest and, and stand behind it because you have a strong product to stand behind at this point. You got one show in the can. That's one of the best shows we have we've ever seen. You feel like you got an infrastructure that put together. You got big money. Like you know, I I like how they didn't ignore. Uh, other companies on the outside, they were mentioning stuff about Juice and Thunder Liger on commentary. They were talking mm-hmm. about different stuff around the world. Like, yo, the the AEW audience is 
like they're the most knowledgeable fans like as far as like all around the world watching different things it's like they don't have to treat their audience like with kid gloves and, and handle them as like they're they don't have to create a whole universe for them to all live in they're like hey this is the wrestling world or whatever this is you know these you know what's going on we know what's going on and these are the players that are that are in it this is you know what this guy wanted to express and even if they don't know what it means right away that doesn't mean they can't learn so <laughs> it's like you know uh, yeah, if, if you got bent out of shape by this, I, I just feel sorry for you. You know, I, I feel sorry for your mother. Like as um, <laughs> oh boy, that, that that was in Minnesota society. <laughs> he said before he got his brains blown out by Kane. All right, James, you were saying about as far as like motherfucker catch up and and learn um the inside jokes or whatever. We don't need to be holding. We don't necessarily need to hold hands. Um, I, I get that, um, but um, I think for me, it's more of the thing of like, in a way that this show was way more um, accessible to the quote-unquote casual fan of the person that heard word of mouth and may have tuned in or heard something and, been, and it caught someone's attention that doesn't watch wrestling or used to watch wrestling or whatever else. So... Um, I think I think that from that perspective it would be it it was it would have been a little bit more important to um have everybody get all the jokes in the insider jokes and also like I'm just I'm just very wary of how WCW fucked up by trying to like you know do so much insider shit and and whatever else that like I don't want it to ever I don't want it to like veer into that like I like I'm cool with the like the WWE WCW aesthetic and being on TNT I don't need you I don't need like Tony Khan one day showing up with with a fucking uh, Meltzer dirt sheet in his hand while cutting a promo like you know what I'm saying like I just I want to stay away from that I, I don't think you, you have to worry about that <laughs> I, I, I'm just at all at all costs. I'm still just like no, like don't stay stay. The pocket looks nice from here. Don't leave out the pocket. Just stay yeah, in the I, pocket. I, that's I, not I that's kind worry. of where I'm at on that. I would worry about Tony Khan showing up. Uh, he, he actually did. Like there was a lot of media availability after that. But uh, as far as the matches go, um, I, I liked pretty much all the matches that were on the show uh, to a certain extent, and it was just like it all felt great coming out of it and it was just a happy happy night i you know i I released my star ratings on my twitter um earlier and um re-watching anything what was was there anything that you particularly like got out of uh re-watching those matches because you know me i'm not huge on the rewatch stuff but Mm -hmm. i might go back and actually take a look at this just because i want to feel it again essentially (laughs) um so yeah this is like the first pay-per-view i've rewatched and uh jeez. Um, maybe WrestleMania thirty three. Cause God. I didn't, re- cause I don't, I didn't rewatch like All In. Um, I've never rewatched a Wrestle Kingdom. It's just too long. Um, uh, yes, but I, uh, yeah, I, I would say that the Dustin and Cody match on rewatch when you can hear the commentary, um. And not have you know a wrestling party going on and everybody marking out or whatever else during the spots. I think that match and I think that the Joji six way um, or, or six woman match, um, 
those two matches that both were better on rewatch. Um, I would say that the the Young Bucks match is worse on rewatch because it honestly feels like after they get, it, it felt like they went way too far past their peak, and the stuff they did after the peak was still very good, but um, it just felt like they kept going and kept going, and they could have just went home. Um, it, it almost felt like. Do you remember? Remember the U.S. title match during the John Cena open challenge between um, uh, Cesaro Zorro. and Cena, July fourth, two thousand fifteen, or excuse me, July sixth, two thousand fifteen. Okay, how, how do I remember that? I don't know. Okay, well, that's kind of example of like this was a kick-ass match. You should have cut it off like five minutes early. Like, and it wasn't like their last five minutes were some atrocity or, or it was a botch fest or like It just like, it just wasn't like that was the crescendo. You should have just went home then. Um, so, so there was that. Um, the Jericho match, like after the table spot, it kind of lost intensity. Um, I can't really put my finger on it on the rewatch of what exactly happened. I mean, there was one. Um, clear botch where they you know they're trying to go from the uh one wing angel to a like DDT. it wasn't a tornado ddt but it was a ddt attempt that got fucked up and then they wrestled another couple another like minute and then they redid that exact spot it was like just move on um but uh, but it was besides just that spot that kind of felt like it just lost its because they just came out and they were just like two Angry ass men that were chopping the shit out of each other. They beat um, the fuck out of each and other and breaking I, each other's noses. Bro, I <laughs> love that match. Like, and it was yeah. like, I is it seems like it's kind of a divisive match uh, I think, online. I think, but I think the thing is that it started out as a it started out as a chop fest and a slug fest and and everything, and then they did went through the table stuff, and then all of a sudden that like the end of the match is a wrestling match, and. Mm. It almost, it almost like it went backwards, where it should start at, you know, or they should have started like chopping each other again at some point, or um, Jericho had some type of answer to, or some type of response to uh, the V triggers, because um, the V triggers were there, but um, for like the intensity and whatever else, but like, or maybe you know what maybe was, because. They kind of had their standing brawl at the end of the match. You know, I have to double down and people get up and they go back and forth and you get the boo yay or the you know, the yay yay or whatever else. Um, they were doing it while while Jericho. I'm sorry, they were doing it while Kenny was on the apron. So that might have been what really made it kind of like the crowd. It was because it wasn't just me; it was also the crowd. Just like they got, they were hot for the match. They were hot throughout, and then towards they get towards the end, and like they kind of like it went down a level. And I, I, I think there are a few things. Just I, I think like because the physicality went down, like the crowd kind of like sensed it and kind of didn't follow. Yeah, um, but it's still 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 a good ass match. Like I gave it, um, it's somewhere between four and a quarter, four and a half. So I went four point seven five on it, and um, mm-hmm. I thought because. Watching the um, watching how Jericho built up the Judas effect, like I knew, like when he hit that shit, and then how Kenny fucking crumbled, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is crazy!" It kind of gave me the yeah. the similar feeling to when Daniel Bryan hit John Cena with that knee, and it was like, mm. "Holy fuck!" Oh, okay, for you, but this is what I'll say: rewatching it, the crowd had no idea that was a finish, or or most of the crowd had no idea that was a finish, 
and because you see people in the crowd like put their hands up, like what the fuck. Um, but but you go back and you watch that. I think people were a lot of sh- I, I think people were shocked that that Omega did the job. I mean, that's probably that too. But you 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 go back and watch that WrestleMania or sorry, that SummerSlam 2013 match, like when when he hits him with that fucking that fucking need, like people knew. <laughs> People knew, like even even commentary we were like, oh, <laughs> he just put a knee through this man's fucking face. So, but yeah, like I, I think, I mean, over time, or or maybe they should have. Um, I don't know. I don't know how you. I mean, because I mean, he didn't do it in any previous match. Um, I, I I don't know. I don't know how he should. I mean, because I find you from what I've heard of and what you told me about how he built it in that um the MMA style thing. Like I don't know what else he could have done to have gotten it over anymore. Um, I don't know. Maybe um, I mean, because he hit it. I mean, he hit the freaking cold brick and then he hit him with the, with the elbow. So I don't Look, know. I, I don't know, know what else he's supposed to do. I know this. They'll they'll be ready for it next time. Oh yeah, <laughs> like like let him hit that shit at fucking Dominion. People were gonna be like, "Hold on, what the fuck is going on here?" Like, <laughs> let let him do that shit at Fight for the Fallen, where people gonna know, "Oh, the finish is here. Uh, it's time to turn up." But uh, that, that's pretty much uh, that's pretty much all I had really on the format sheet. I I enjoyed the show a great deal. I'm glad AEW is here to stay. Uh, I'm glad we have like more great wrestling here uh, to watch, and it gives i think it gives wwe some motivation to like try to like step their game up you know and I mean, yeah in theory um i mean obviously that's that's you would think but you know no guarantees so <laughs> yeah i mean yeah there is definitely there's no guarantee i mean there's, i mean there's, there's the closest we have to a guarantee is like you know triple h gets hel- gets 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 the helms of this thing and brings some stability to like the storytelling aspect of it cuz like that's that's, I mean, as as much as we complain about um, the wrestling not being on par with the best stuff in the world, it's still pretty. At least for big shows, it's still it's still good enough. It's just there is no emotion tied to the wrestling because the, because the stories are so you know cockamamie that it's 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 hard for you to you know buy into it aside from the aspect of. I'm going to watch this as an ex- exhibition because if I watch it as a story, I'll be lost because the story is lost. You've, they've lost a the plot, so how am I supposed to, you know, make it make sense for from what they give me? Yeah, um, yeah, so I, I think that's going to wrap it up. Um, hell of a show, definitely recommended. And is there anything yeah. else uh, around around the world? I know we have money in the bank. We talked about Brock a little bit over on. Uh, the LOP show. We will be doing our final LOP show this week. Uh, so we're going to watch Raw, the, pretty much them firing back and SmackDown firing back. And, you know, we're going to f- fold that up essentially and, and see what, what what it is from, from them. And then we'll be back here uh, next Sunday, uh, you know, holding it down uh, on so- the Social West Podcast Network as always. So, yeah, man. Um, yeah, Brock's back. <laughs> Oh, also, WWE Super Showdown. That's happening next. What incredible timing. What is what is that in two weeks or something like that, right? Um I think Is it like June eighth? Yeah, I think. Yeah. Mm. 
if I'm not mistaken, is Takeover next Saturday or is it the week it, after? It's, it's June first, so yeah, I think it's 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 this coming Saturday. Yeah, got you. So, yep. um, what's on you know, that card? The, uh, the main event is Johnny versus um is Johnny versus Cole. Um, their storyline is that. Cole thinks that he can put away Johnny because he won the first fall in the two out of three falls match as a regular rules match. So um, can Johnny not, can Johnny get the first fall? Um, and there's also teasing dissension or there was tease dissension between um, because of what happened with the finish and Cole can't accept the fact he was a fucking failure. So he blamed it on, um, on Roddy. So Roddy and him had a had beef and Roddy and Cole had cost Roddy in some matches that would have elevated him as a singles as a singles now that he's not in the tag team and they're pissed. So um they came back together so um so basically Roddy is gonna be fighting Riddle, um, uh, because Riddle and Johnny kind of form a, a two man alliance against um those four guys. So um, that's, that's what's it. That's what's going on. So then that seems like a little semifinal right there. The winners of them two matches might be uh, facing off in the future. Yeah, could be. Um, I mean, yeah, it's kind of the kind of with the evol- the evolve storyline was. You know, they got you know Gabe. You know, he's 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 in the he's in their he's in their pocket. So yeah, it's, it's like hey, show me how to do this. <laughs> it is like, oh, this was done somewhere else. And like, show me how to do it again, as opposed to, oh, it was done NXT. Let's not do that at all and fuck it up. Um, yeah. So uh, because the War Raiders are now on the main roster, they dropped the belt, so they're doing a four way. Um, they're doing a four way match for the uh, for a fatal four way for the titles. I think it's a ladder match. Um, so it's okay. Street Profits. It's Lorcan and Birch. It's uh, it's Fish and O'Reilly, and what's the fourth team? Is that Street Profits already? Yes. Oh, for, I think Forgotten yeah, Sons. Forgotten Sons. <laughs> How dare you forget the Forgotten Sons? I mean, that's the gimmick, right? Um, I was like, is it? I know it's another Hill team, but I was like, I can't remember the other Hill team. And I was like, I know it's not um, Umberto in uh, in um, Mendoza. Yeah, but it's Forgotten Sons, and then it is. Uh, the women's match is Shayna versus EO. Um, and the storyline is tied around um, EO getting revenge on um, Shayna for breaking Kyrie's arm. And now she's out of NXT. Um, I'm just, Out of the sport. I, 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 what I'm really hoping for is we get a situation um, very similar to, um, if you remember, uh, Del Rio and, and, and Christian. Yeah. Where it's like... It's like you had a situation where like this person reaches his moment and then like their friend is there that was already like the bigger star in front of the crowd, like is like happy for her. Like it'd be awesome if Kyrie comes back and makes some type of save for her against um her and her goons, against Shane and her goons, and then like EO overcomes all that shit and wins and then you have like the celebration between Kyrie and EO, like that'd be awesome. But it's time it's, to wrap Shayna, Shayna and and shit they up. Don't let Shayna, they, they keep Shayna in, in, uh, in on the on, on developmental. She's yeah. never allowed to move up, yeah. like, apparently. But yeah, if 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 this are time to move up, like that'd be a nice story. Um, and then you have then you have Bianca right there because Bianca is now a, a heel again, and she's you know she's beating um, Mia um, over and over now. So uh, I think they wrestle this coming taping or this coming show on Wednesday, but. Yeah, that. And then um, the last match is Velveteen Dream, and because he's supposed to be facing 
um, Dijak. Dijak got hurt, so in comes Tyler Breeze. So, um, something about Tyler Breeze now. I, I don't know if it's the haircut. He, it seems like he kind of lost the aura for me. Like yeah, the new gear. I don't know no, what it, it is. No, no, it's it's the booking on the main roster. <laughs> Like, uh, he had a match. He came back for a match against um, Ricochet J at, yeah, like, I think right before, like, in January or something. The match was fucking awesome. Yeah. They had, like, a, they had an over four-star match. They killed, they killed it. Um, so, yeah, they so that's that. Um, that's a card. It's going to be a great card. It's, it's takeover. Like, you know how I'm, like, you know, I'm, like, kind of guarding on um, AEW and its future and all the stuff like I don't know why. Go ahead. No, 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 because, you know, look, man, I watch. Like I said, like I watch all this Mayron shit. Like it's just a matter of time before they, they, they. I'm away from them to fuck off. So, um, I, I'm, if, I'm optimistic now. Now that I've seen the show or whatever, and they have like a, you know, a show, a whole show of, of Tony Khan's professional wrestling, his vision. I'm like, okay, I can, I can get with that. Um, uh, but like it, you know, now at this point with NXT is like. I ain't concerned. <laughs> they ain't missed yet. So, uh, so I'm yeah, I'm excited for for Saturday. That's how it worked, man. Uh, well, that's gonna wrap up the show. We'll holler at y'all. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Appreciate your questions as always. And uh, yeah, check us out. Peace. Later. Oh, never mind. We got one more question, and okay. <laughs> I forgot to. Um, say this, and I believe this is uh, from our boy uh, at G Johns, Greg Johns. He wanted to know why James always said "sorry, Chad" at the end of the LOP show. Oh, uh, do you want to say that for the LOP show? Is and leave that as a reveal, so that's like you sure. find like the finally like the the final answer. Correct. Uh, sure. Like, yeah, you leave. He's like, well, I always wonder why he's done that. Well, you'll find out in the finale. Yep. We'll, we'll we'll go ahead and roll that over, yeah. Greg. So uh, make yeah. sure you check that show out. Yeah, we'll treat it like it's a stevia, uh, like the stevia they had the 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 the, 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 uh, the lethal dosage of uh, of whatever that was in it that killed uh, old girl at the end of um, Breaking Bad. We'll treat that as like a you know a thing. Like, yeah, you keep watching like that's a that's a, a plot point, right? Yeah, see, man. better we're better at storytelling than main roster WWE. <laughs> Feel the suspense. <laughs> We up out of here, y'all. Later. Peace. A.W., bitch. <laughs> Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.